Welcome to the Podcast Connector. I'm Christina Rice, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Kelsey Goldstein and Abby Frank. We run the Podcast Connector, a service that connects podcast hosts and aligned guests, like a dating service for podcasts. Each week, we'll bring you behind-the-scenes stories and tips about the podcasting world, while also introducing you to some amazing people in health, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and personal development. If you'd like to get booked on podcasts or get connected with aligned guests, head to thepodcastconnector.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at thepodcastconnector. Let's dive in. All right. Welcome, Nadia, to the Podcast Connector podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Abby and I just had the awesome opportunity to connect with you beforehand, and we just find what you're doing so fascinating, and we love your approach, and we're so excited to get to chat with you today. I already feel like we've been lifelong friends, honestly. I it's know. So fun. <laughs> In the Thanks last 10 minutes of talking to you, you've dropped some wisdom bombs. I feel like it made me question my life a little in a good way. Um. <laughs> oh, that's all I can hope for, honestly. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited. It takes 10 minutes to change a life, to change a perspective. You know? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> it's already done. <laughs> well, why don't you start off by just telling our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? I know you probably get asked that a lot. No, it's great. I And I find that every time I answer this question, something new comes up. So there are always ever evolving lenses for how to view your identity and Mine is evolving just as all of ours are, but my name is Nadia. And um, in the pithiest sense, what I do is I lead transformational work. I work with people who are ready to see their lives in a different light. Maybe they've been living a story that's outdated. Maybe they've been sitting in trauma that's been stored in their bodies for a really long time, or maybe they're sort of being spiritually awakened for the first time as I found many people are having gone through COVID, having gone through what many call the great pause, I'm using quotation Mm -hmm. marks, Um, just a time where people got quiet for the first time, potentially in their lives, where they could finally ask themselves, like, who am I really? And if I don't have plans two weeks, three months, a year out, I just have to sit with myself and who I am and what it is that I need to process. So I found that my work has taken on new meaning over the past year, and um, I'm a coach. I'm also a therapist in training, and I love using a tool called human design to help people better understand themselves. It's an esoteric system. It uses astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah tree of life, and the Hindu chakra system. And all together, based on the time, date, and location of your birth, it gives you an energetic blueprint of who you are and your gifts. So I do that. I do one-on-one work. I do group work. And I actually just hosted Abby last night for my very first new moon circle. Um, so lots of fun stuff happening. Oh, on that was end. your first? That was my very first. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I plan to be at your second then. I can't yes. wait. It was super <laughs> cool. Abby and I over here love human design as well. And you actually just explained it in such a good way. I've always struggled when people ask me to put it into words. And I feel like that definition encompassed it very well. So thank you for that, for breaking it down. Um, Yeah. I mean, I do feel like a big theme right now is people are going through a spiritual awakening and they may not even be realizing it. I'm curious how that shows up for you um, with your clients and just from your personal experience, what it might look like when somebody is on the cusp of their spiritual awakening and may not really be sure that that's what it is. Oh my God. Um, So the question is, 
how people feel or how I sort of like allow people to identify it as a spiritual awakening? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's such a good question because there are hallmark signs of a spiritual awakening and many people call it the dark night of the soul. And so it feels kind of ironic that you would have what are some of the darkest days of your life before the dawn breaks, but this is often how people find their spiritual awakening. And I found that there are two paths in either somebody has a cataclysmic life event where everything is turned upside down in an instant. Maybe they lose their job as many people did over the past year and a half. Maybe they lose a loved one. Maybe their life changes in a really profound way. And so it's an external circumstance that just flips somebody's reality on its head. Or, and this was my pathway in, I found that people achieve what they always wanted to on paper. They'll achieve this threshold of success and be like, on paper, I've checked all the boxes. I have the job that I thought that I wanted. I have my dog. And, and now I'm sharing my own story. I, I had this job that I got. I had my dog. I lived in an apartment in the happiest relationship of my life. And my soul was so empty. And so they're like, okay, if the, the, whatever is going on in my life is not working, I cannot pass go anymore. I've hit a roadblock. I've hit a dead end. And that's when I find people are open to things like human design, things that they wouldn't be open to before, because they're like, listen, whatever I have in my life is not, it's not working. So I'm open to other things that might make me feel good, including spirituality, which is in my opinion, in my experience, just connecting to energy that's outside of yourself, realizing that every single one of us is connected. Every person listening to this podcast is connected right now. Like we feel your energy mm -hmm. and it's just that interconnectedness is the first thing that people start to feel before anything else, before a belief that you don't even have to believe in anything. It's, do you feel connected to humanity? And I think so many, so many more people do after going through a global pandemic. Yeah. Cause you're all in it together, honestly. And you kind of see totally. that no matter where you come from, what cloth you're cut from, we're all going through the, the same human struggle. We're all going through the same human experience right now. <laughs> yes. And totally. there's so much more commonality than people ever have taken the time to realize before. Absolutely. It's I've heard it described as the first um, like global enemy that we've all fought together. Like before COVID, we were busy fighting each other and a lot of the tribalism and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, discrimination. And of course, all of those things are still rampant, but COVID was the first thing that as a planet we fought together. And so, you know, there are a lot of terrible things, including the loss of life, loss of jobs, loss of life as we knew it that happened through COVID. But one of the bright spots is that it did unite us in ways that we have never been united before. Yeah. That's actually really beautiful. So when you've worked with clients in this time and they're going through the spiritual awakening, is human design the first step you would say to take in understanding what's happening to someone? Like when you were realizing that you didn't have everything you wanted truly inside, what was the first steps that you took towards making changes in your life to be in a place of peace and alignment? I wish I found human design at that time. It took me much longer to find human design and it became such a breath of fresh air but I think I needed to go through the throes of really grappling with my identity um, in that time before finding like, this is who I'm meant to be. And human design doesn't have all the answers. It's, 
it's more an expression of your energy. So for example, mm-hmm. I read in my chart that I have a very defined throat. I'm here to share my own stories. I'm here to share my experiences. And that's why I'm training to be a therapist, but I know I'm not going to be a therapist in the traditional sense. I'm not just going to sit and listen. I have a lot to say, and that's why I do readings. And that's why I host my own podcast. And I love to do these interviews, but that's one nuance of how I read my energy. And I'm like, it feels like I'm coming home to myself. And human design is also a beautiful system to realize all the conditioning that you're holding on to, mm-hmm. all of the ways in which you were programmed by society to want a certain thing. And back to my own spiritual awakening, that's why I started climbing that ladder that I didn't want to climb in the first place, because my whole life I was conditioned by teachers, by parents, by peers, you know, this is the narrow definition of success. Um, And so it wasn't until I found human design that I started to ask myself, like, hold on a second, what is it that I really want? Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, Abby, there's, there's no one size fits all. Every pathway into spirituality is so different and our own, I think of it like a, like a channel in, we each have such a unique connection to it. I work with people who connect to their spiritual awakening through their bodies, through somatic practices, through breath work, through yoga. I have some clients that I work with that connect to spirituality through writing. Um, I've had many clients actually who have found their pathway into divinity through poetry, I found that poetry is the language of the divine. We receive messages through poetry because human language is so heavy. And so my clients who start their spiritual awakening are like, all of a sudden I'm writing poetry that is just coming to me. I've never, like, I didn't even know that this was a a thing that I had access to. Um, A lot of clients, I do start with their human design chart though, because it really does ground the coaching experience because I, I start the experience saying, listen, I don't know best you know best. And what works for me in my life is not going to be your path. You have your own journey to go on. And so can we ground ourselves in your energy? And also, can I show you, this is my energy. So if you're ever feeling my energy conditioning you, like help me back off. And (laughs) I find that there's the coaching industry is really interesting. I've been noticing a lot of untruths and, um, you know, people who might be acting a little bit out of alignment in teaching other people to become them. Like, Mm -hmm. this is my program. This is my 10 step plan to become me. And I think that human design is such a beautiful tool because it, it starts every relationship by saying, I am not you. You are not me. This is what you're really good at. So can we lean into it together? And of course the trauma and the conditioning and the programming is going to come up and that is your human experience, but like, this is your true North. So how can we continue to center us in your gifts again and again and again? I absolutely love that. I keep getting chills too, Kelsey, everything we say, Nadia. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that really resonated. I feel like the first time I looked into human design, I just felt so seen. And like, I finally had permission to be the truest version of me, regardless of what like you said, everyone had been telling me my whole life. Like I was always told I was too emotional and I find out I'm an empath 
And you know, all of those little things, they, the pieces kind of like come together and you're like, wait, it was totally fine for me to be me this whole time. And there's, I've experienced, I have, and many of my clients experience what I'm calling the human design hangover or the grief. When somebody sees their chart, there's this euphoria that they initially feel where they're like, this is me, like, this is me. Mm -hmm. And then there's this sadness or this grief that we need to make space for, for all the years that we thought that there was something wrong with us. Yeah. And that in itself is probably trauma, I'm assuming. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And just realizing like there was nothing wrong and grieving the, I call them the lost years in my life where mm -hmm. I was trying to fit a, you know, what's the phrase, the square peg inside a round hole and trying to yeah. fit myself into spaces that weren't interesting to me and weren't aligned with how my energies just naturally wanted to move. And I think the forgiveness piece of yourself and the people who were around you your whole life is a huge thing to look at when you're looking at human design. That's something I kind of went through too, that grieving process. And even like I was raised by two projectors and I'm a generator. I'm the only generator in my immediate family. So my whole environment was not conducive to who I was. And I just didn't feel like anyone understood me or I was confused as to why I wasn't like my family and you're conditioned to think, oh, your family, you have these similar traits and this generational mm. patterns and all that stuff. So it's so cool to see, especially if my mom or my dad knew what I was when I was a kid. That's like, I called my mom when I first found human design and was like, oh my gosh, if you knew I was a generator and this, 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 and this, you could have done this for me. And I still love you. And I know you did the best you could at the time, but oh my gosh, yeah. this is so cool. <laughs> parenting hack. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It actually human design originally was a system that was supposed to be for parents to better understand their children. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. I did not know that, but it makes total sense. Yeah. Totally. Because our society, especially our parents' generation, they have children that they want to mold to be just like them mm -hmm. in the same way that the coaching industry can sometimes tend toward that way as well. Instead of realizing I have birthed this unique being into the world that I'm getting to know just as they're getting to know themselves. So is there the system that can help me realize, whoa, they're so different from me. Like they're born of me, but they, they're not mine. Like, mm -hmm. can I create curiosity and a safe space to explore the way that their energy works? And it's so fascinating, Abby, I'm a projector. And it's so funny to think about two projectors raising a generator because usually it's the other way around. And so maybe you just weren't given enough things in your life to really like be in deep creative flow with for, for long inter uninterrupted hours. Yeah. I was following their like vision down the line that I was not able to see, you know, <laughs> totally. so I, I really wonder what my parents are now. <laughs> I'm going to figure that out. There's this, when I found human design, of course, I looked up everybody's charts in my life. I have so many charts on this free site where I, where I pull everybody's energy. And it's just such an interesting because human design is a system of energy. So you can read up on it, but I've learned so much about human design by watching it in real life. Mm -hmm. And so I look up everybody's types and then I just sit back and observe interactions. I'm like, oh my God, that is a generator lit up right now. And oh my God, that that's a projector that's overworking because they're trying to, you know, overcompensate for a society that doesn't allow them space to, to take rest and breaks. So it's really cool. I keep expecting human design to be this phase of my business that I get over. Like that was fun. 
but it's so foundational in how I understand myself. And Abby, to your point about feeling so different from your family and having so much catharsis, realizing there's a reason why, and there's nothing wrong. I always felt so different from my family. My whole family's still in the Midwest in Michigan. And I'm born and raised, stay there. And there was always this part of me that wanted to go out and see and do and be more. And I felt so guilty. Like there's nothing wrong with the way that my family lives. They're very loving people. They're deeply religious people. I think my soul chose this deeply religious upbringing to allow me to play in spiritual spaces and then reclaim it in my adult years. Mm. But it feels very karmic why I chose my family. Um, But I have this channel in human design that's called the channel of transformation. And I've been reflecting on it so much recently. And I'm like, this is this urge within me that makes me individuate from my family system. I need to be separate. I need to be rising up. There's this ambition that actually, interestingly, it rises up throughout the level. So it starts on the material plane and it moves up until you reach a threshold where you can't achieve anything more. And then you realize the next frontier is spiritual. And that was literally my spiritual awakening where I I like did everything that I could in the corporate world. And I'm like, this isn't it. And so, so many people in my life are like, I'm so surprised at how spiritual you become over the past five years, but it's written in my chart. So (laughs) it's just, it's kind of wild. That is so incredible. You brought up a little bit about past lives. And I think this is a really interesting topic, especially knowing that you're going in to become a therapist what I'd love to know what type of a role past life trauma can play, um, in someone's life. And like, how do you go about deducing that an issue someone is facing or a challenge that somebody is facing or something they can't heal from is actually the result of a past life trauma? Oh, it's such a good question. So first I want to say that there's this hunger and this quench for past lives when you first hear about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing about my past lives and I'm like, I must've been Cleopatra. Like I need to, like, we, we want to know so badly and we have these grand visions for what our past lives are. And I've done a couple past life regressions. There's a woman that I recommend. Her name is Nikki Cosmo. We can li- link her on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've read a couple books, many lives, many masters and journey of souls were the two most prominent in learning about past lives, but I've done two past life regressions. And the two past lives that I saw were actually very mediocre. They were very Mm -hmm. normal lives. And the lessons that I learned through those lives were very simple. Um, And so I guess I just want to tell somebody who's so curious about past lives to be like, they will come to you when they're ready. And often the lessons that you've learned in those past lives leading up to this one are more spiritual in nature. And to get to your question, Kelsey, about how you can tell when something is trauma from a past life versus your your current life. Mm -hmm. I know that my past life trauma was financial scarcity. And I know it because yes, I grew up in financial scarcity in my upbringing, but my like fear of being in financial lack was so great when I was little and so deep that I knew that it had to have context beyond this life that I was living because I always had my Mm -hmm. needs taken care of. I always had food on the table, but I was acting out of fear in such a frenetic way for so many years of my life that I knew. And and when I was regressed in both of my lives, they were like very, very scarce lives. One of them, I was in Africa and I was this child and I saw myself in a field and just like really intense situations that my body holds the energy of that past life. And so I would say 
80% of the work that I do is with people with their current life, because we don't have amnesia for our current mm-hmm. lives. We have amnesia from our previous lives. And so it's working with the trauma that's stored from this lifetime as Abby, as Kelsey, as Nadia, but 20% of the time, there are these stubborn things where it's like, why do I feel so strongly? Why is my trigger so outsized to the reaction? And that's often when we can dig into past lives and find some clarity there. That's really interesting. I mean, I guess as long as you heal it, right? As long as you heal it. Totally. Doesn't but it really would... matter the origin. Exactly. And, and it takes, past lives are so interesting because our guides tell us when it's time to work with them, if at all. So mm-hmm. I've had to work in my own life. I'm so curious about past lives. I want to dive into all of them. But as I've meditated on it more, I receive the message like they'll be revealed to you if and when they need to. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason yeah. why we come into this life, not remembering them. And it's because our soul is focused on this lifetime first and foremost. Yeah. But I think one of the coolest things about past lives is that our souls actually reincarnate in groups. This literally makes me so emotional. So the people that are in our life, we've often been in many lifetimes before with them. Oh they call God. it your soul group. And so I learned about this in the book journey of souls. It's my favorite book. And this hypnotherapist regressed people into their past lives. And then he regressed them into the lifetimes between lives in the spirit world, where you go back into the spirit world and you just sort of like basically heal yourself from that life. And in your soul group, these like little learning pods that you have with other souls, you just review your lifetime. And often it's lives that you've lived together. And then you choose the next incarnation and then you choose and assign roles. So the parents wow. that you have in this lifetime, you chose, there's a reason why when, when people have babies, they're like, thank you for choosing me because souls literally choose to come to specific parents and you choose your siblings and you choose your partner. And it, it gives you chills to think about because the people that you met that you're like, I've known you before. Like yeah. there's such a depth of relationship that transcends lifetimes, which is super cool. Actually, that's so interesting. So I didn't know that, but I always found it interesting. Um, like I've done some past life regressions with Christina before, and she's like, we knew each other in London. We were little girls. I was a ballerina, whatever. That's beside the point. But I always found it so funny because I feel like everyone who does dig into their past lives, they often know people that are close to them have known people that are close to them now in a past life. And I'm like, is that just coincidence? But that makes so much sense actually. Yes. Because you're often at similar stages in your spiritual evolution. Mm -hmm. And so you choose roles. It actually adds so much clarity to why there are certain people in your life who were really hard on you. I've realized that, you know, one of my parents, I chose to play a specific role in my life for my spiritual growth. And it's because in a previous lifetime, the roles were switched. And so it's Mm. very karmic that now the, so it's just really interesting to not get into too many details, but it gives you so much more clarity and perspective and it takes forgiveness to a whole nother level. Like I now love this parent with so much of my soul because I know that like, it's actually a gift that they're playing this role to like challenge me and to pay back the karma that I had, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like knowing that you can look back and be like, these are things I've taken for granted before. But like you said, it, it kind of evokes a whole new level of appreciation in knowing that like you are divinely placed with who you're meant to be placed with in your life and who you're meant to be surrounded by to learn the lessons that you need to learn. 
A hundred percent. And back to the point about me feeling so different from my family, I always felt a little bit of resentfulness mm -hmm. about that. Like, why wasn't I born into a family that was just as ambitious as I was so that I could feel at home? And now I know, like, I chose this family and I have this channel of transformation. So there's this duality that I can now accept. Like I am very different from my family, but my soul chose them. So how can I play the best game of cards with the hand that I was dealt, which I think is yeah. the point of human design as well. Like, are you going to spend your whole life trying to be someone that you're not, or are you going to lean into the gifts that your soul chose in this incarnation as Kelsey and this incarnation as Abby and this incarnation as Nadia, like Abby, you are a brilliant generator, lean into it. Kelsey, you have your defined heart and this willpower and determination, like lean into that instead of trying to fight tooth and nail to become society's version of success. Absolutely. I know you do a lot of work helping people kind of discover their sole purpose. And I'm curious how you go about that in human design. Is there something specific you look at? Is it more of just unpacking who the person is and kind of getting to the root of their passions? What does that process look like? Oh, Kelsey, that's such a great <laughs> question. People, our society is obsessed with purpose because that's yeah. what we were programmed for. Like we literally came here to find meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. I like to reframe it though, as our souls came here for spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. So often we're looking for purpose. Like I'm here to start a podcast that will reach 10 yeah. million people. And, and that's my ego talking by the way, but <laughs> often when I'm working with people, a big part of their purpose or their spiritual growth in this lifetime are karmic lessons. Like I'm working with a client right now that a big piece of her soul's purpose is to break the generational patterns of codependency in her mm. matriarchy line between her mother and her grandmother and her great-grandmother. So her soul came in to have a very difficult conversation with her mother to finally sort of break this very unhealthy pattern that's been developed over generations. And it's the thankless work, you know, that, that doesn't feel like that exciting purpose that we're looking for. And this woman that I'm working with is also creating a business right now. So that's a big piece of her purpose, but she keeps getting stuck in her business. Yeah. And she's like, what is going on? I'm so frustrated. I'm like, listen, you're getting stuck because your soul is asking you for spiritual growth in your relationship with your mother. And so these see everything is related. Yeah. Everything is related. And so, but practically, like tactically, Kelsey, to answer your question, when I look where somebody's soul is going in this lifetime, I look primarily at their top four gifts. And so in human design, the top four gates in your chart, your conscious sun and earth gates and your unconscious sun and earth gates will tell the story of your life theme. It won't say you, Kelsey, are going to be this prolific podcast host working with Christina and eventually becoming a channel or whatever it is. It's saying, these are your four top gifts. Mm -hmm. You get to choose how you continuously express that energy. So as an example, my number one gift in human design is called the gate of growth. And it's all about helping people close cycles. And so how I'm currently expressing that gift is helping people identify the patterns that they're stuck in. And I come in, I'm like, are you ready to be done suffering? Like, are you ready to be done with this pattern? And people work with me when they're like, oh God, I guess I am. Like, I'm going to have this difficult conversation with my mom or whatever it is. And that's how I'm currently expressing it. But I'm listening all the time because there's always going to be greater and greater expressions of that gift. 
I love that. And I actually think that's so much more empowering than trying to box yourself into like one specific job or, you know, one specific purpose and to know that you can like evolve and still be able to express your gifts. And it doesn't have to be this one defined thing. I think, like I said, it's just so empowering and it feels really freeing just hearing you say that. (laughs) Yes. And knowing that this is a season that you're I view the top four gifts as a checklist. Mm -hmm. So whatever you're doing, look at your top four gifts and say, and ask yourself, am I using these gifts? If so, and it feels alive for you, that's the season of this thing, but you're always evolving. Oh my God. Beautiful. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much, Nadia, for imparting your beautiful wisdom upon us. It has been so lovely getting to know you these last 45 minutes. <laughs> I am so grateful and we're excited to see where you go. Like, I'm just like, I'm so excited for your new moon circles. I'm definitely jumping on the next one. Um, but again, if you could just remind everybody how they could work with you and where they can find you. Yes. I'm so excited. I feel like we're building this beautiful community, which is the most exciting part about you know, your spiritual journey is a solo one, but you don't have to do it alone. So Mm -hmm. that's what makes me really passionate. Um, you can find me at NadiaLast.com. My last name is last fun fact, like last name. I can just imagine all the forms you've had to fill out. So many where they're like, wait, what? Is that a a typo? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, no, that's my last name. Like, let's move on. Um, But NadiaLast.com, I'm NadiaLast underscore on Instagram. And the thing that I'm most excited about right now is that I actually have a group coaching container. It's an eight week immersion. It's called soul group. And it's based on everything that we talked about today, human design, your karmic lessons. The whole premise is we're going to recreate what it is like to be in a soul group in a human experience. And I had one, uh, my initial cohort that launched in March. It was incredible. The women I still talk to every week. Um, and I'm launching my next cohort in September. So that's what feels most expansive. For oh me. my God. I can just feel your energy as you talk about it. And I'm so <laughs> excited for you. That's amazing. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. And I know we'll be chatting with you. Just so excited for everything you're doing. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kelsey. Thanks, Abby. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Don't forget, if you want to get booked on amazing podcasts, or if you're a podcast host and you want to get connected with some incredible guests, head over to thepodcastconnector.com to learn more about our service. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It truly means the world to us. And extra points if you take a screenshot and tag us on social media so that we can see that you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an amazing rest of your day, and we will chat with you again next episode.